let's all pray that we get to see some more Be More Chill. We get to see some rent. We need Starlight to come back to London. We need it all. We need it all. <laughs> I mean, I can't just keep doing those three shows. <laughs> as much as I would love that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to In The Frame. I'm still not over last week's episode with the incomparable Sharon Rose. She is everything and it was such an inspiring conversation. Make sure you haven't listened already, make sure you go and check it out. Today's guest is Blake Patrick Anderson, who has had a crazy whirlwind couple of years. Prior to the pandemic, Blake originated the role of Michael in the London production of Be More Chill, which was literally smashing records at the other palace. He went on to star as Mark in the Hope Mill Theatre's revival of Rent, which received rave reviews. And his other credits include starring as Rusty in the 30th anniversary cast of Starlight Express in Germany. And he plays Straight Dave in Closer to Heaven at Above the Stack. Blake is currently preparing to star in an online concert revival of Gatsby, a musical which has been filmed at the beautiful Cadogan Hall. Adapted by director Linny Reedman and with music and lyrics by Joe Evans, the show is streaming between the 26th and 28th of February. I adore chatting to Blake. He has been part of some massive shows and has had some bad experiences. So it was such a treat to speak to him and hear all about his journey. Here's the interview. Blake Patrick Anderson. Hello, you're in the frame. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm happy to be talking to you. I'm happy to have some distraction right now from the world for 30 minutes or so. Um, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it is crazy. And I was thinking that for you, it's been, I mean, it's been up and downs for everybody. But when this was starting, obviously you were doing Be More Chill and then that you were breaking records and then that got cut short. And then you have this massive high of rent. And then again, that gets cut short. And you're doing your own music projects and stuff as well and concerts. So it must have you must have had so many ups and downs, right? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been up and down, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but obviously, at a time like this, when everything has been so uncertain, um, I'm trying to hold on to the fact that I'm lucky to have had so many ups. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in a time like this, I've, I've been lucky to have had these couple of things that have been really lovely to, to be able to hold on to. I think back in in March doing be more chill like my heart is still broken from it <laughs> because we didn't know it was going to happen it came out of nowhere it was just so strange i mean even our last show we would we were all really hanging on because people were getting poorly i'm we don't know whether that was coronavirus or whether that was just you know a normal cold but everyone was tensions were high and everyone was a bit worried so anyone had the slightest symptom they would just not coming to work. So even our final show wasn't a full show. Um, we had um, we had every swing on that we had, and even then we didn't have enough. So I, our artistic director stood at the side of the stage and read in the lines oh for one God. of the characters. So so it wasn't even like a full show in, in all its glory. So I really, really, really hope we get to go back to that show because... I hope it you was, get to, it to just, I hope you get to go back and do rent again. Like I hope all these things. Oh get yes, it will be it will be amazing. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Gatsby first. So this is really exciting because you have I believe you've you've filmed it now, right? It's it's happened. It's in the can. It's ready to go. 
Uh, partially, yes. Oh, partially. We're, so, so we're we're pretty much in the can. We just have a couple of reshoot things to do. Um, we're going back this week, next week, um, just to tidy everything up and get everything finalised. Um, so you're filming it. You're filming it at Kadokan Hall, right? Yeah. And Gatsby pops up all the time. Like people love it, and it always one of these pieces just resurfaces. So, what was it when you kind of heard about it? What what got you excited? What made you kind of go, okay, this is something that I would want to do well if i'm honest when i first got in involved i i didn't really know anything about gatsby it sounds really bad I'm, i was just one of these ignorant people who didn't know the story because i guess I, it's one of those classic english lit stories that i guess everyone knows but if you don't know but um and so the first thing i did was do some research and try and find out and then um, i watched the movie and I yeah, uh, I'd never seen the movie before with um, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Toby Mo- Toby Maguire. Yeah, um, sure, sure. <laughs> and I just absolutely like fell in love. Like, obviously with with the story, it's it's so romantic. But Baz Luhrmann's movie version is just so captivating. And I was li- I was five minutes in, and I and I was literally just like. This is so beautiful. I'm like overwhelmed because there's so much happening and it. it's just such a great, the it's such a great piece of art. So, and then I read the script and there's kind of like a twist. I won't go into much detail, but it, the adaptation that um, Lily and Joe have done is a kind of twist on the, on the original story, which is great. Um, and so I was really, I was really excited. And then we did the read through um and and the and the music is great it's great it's it's it's, um it's really exciting and what's it been like what how was the whole process of filming it obviously there's no audience so you're at this beautiful venue i love cadogan hall i love going to to, to cadogan hall what's it what's it felt like obviously it's completely different to other jobs that you've done before yeah i mean um I'd never been to the venue, even um, as an audience member, so it was really lovely arriving, and 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 it is an absolutely stunning venue. I think it was it was very weird to to be filming, but not having an audience. It kind of felt, and and obviously there's there's a couple of moments where, for filming purposes, we thought it was best that we move, because um, we're we're all stood at. Um, music stands and and we thought it would be best if we moved places so that we could get shots where perhaps two characters were together when they needed to be um but obviously that poses all sorts of complications because of covid and trying to make and keep everybody safe so in between anybody moving we had to make sure that everything was wiped down and that everything was safe and and so we the the day was kind of stop starty so it almost felt like more of a tech a tech session right yeah, tech yeah, session yeah. less like a, a live show which was good in the sense that it took away a lot of those nerves because you knew that you had time to compose yourself between something else you were going to do mm. but also there's the the added pressure and nerves of it's it's being filmed and if you do it wrong then it's forever gonna be wrong <laughs> <laughs> do you think will you be able to watch it like were you able to watch rent because some people really freak out and, and can't deal watching themselves other people um, are able to kind of separate it and just enjoy it for what it is will you, will you be able to watch it so it's incredibly anxiety inducing <laughs> and you don't get to watch it <laughs> i think it's rare that um 
especially with these kind of things that actors, especially because there's so many of us and there'd be so many people to, and, I mean, what, what are they going to do if someone says I don't like it? Um, so I think it's rare that actors get that kind of approval. And I think you just have to make peace with it yourself that it's, especially with Rent, and, and I'm glad we, we did this with Rent and now I've been able to carry this over. Um, you have to think of it as a live show it's live theatre and it's just being, it just happens to be recorded and other people are going to watch it and it's, they're going to watch it as if it were live theatre. You can't think of it as a perfect movie because as soon as you start thinking of it as a perfect movie, you're going to completely just get inside your head about every little thing that potentially could go wrong or mm. what camera angle they're taking or how you sound. And at the end of the day, if you were doing a live show and, and something perhaps didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to, you will have forgotten it five minutes later because you, there's nothing you can do about it. And so you have to just, you have to just learn to let it, let it go. Mm. It must be kind of weird. It must be like when the rent was on for so long, it must have been kind of weird to suddenly in that one of those evenings, just like start getting tagged in things on social media, be like, oh, oh, oh my God, there are all people are watching it now. It must have been like, it must have been so strange that. It was so strange. I mean, first of all, you never get to watch yourself like that um, ever. And and to be able to sit down and to watch a show that you were in when you're not in it anymore mm. was the the weirdest feeling. And then, like you say, for, for weeks after, every it gets to like 7 o'clock on a Saturday and I'm getting tagged in, in things on Twitter and Instagram and... And it's like, oh, I, I feel like I'm, I feel guilty because I've not actually done anything, and I'm getting all this praise. <laughs> I'm just, at, I'm just at home. <laughs> Tell me, you're looking at when I was preparing for this, and looking, looking at the stuff you've done. You've done so, you know, you've done so many cool jobs, and you're really, it's, it's amazing to have you like built this momentum, and then especially this last year, you know, coming back from Starlight Express and coming back to London, it's been like all this amazing, really cool stuff's happened. What was your when you were like when you were training when you were younger, what was what do you remember like what your what your goals were back then? Because it's been like an amazing whirlwind for you in these last few years. Um, I think I'm lucky that I that I've been able to do a lot of the things essentially that I really dreamed of and the thing and the things I was really excited about while I was training. I think when I was a lot younger, I just had this kind of glorified idea of. I want to be on the West End, I want to play this character and I want to do this thing. But then when when I was training, I got very, very much into new writing and new musical theatre, especially like, I mean, we have a lot, we have it, we have it over here, especially a lot more now in London and the UK. But when, when I was training, it wasn't really something I'd heard about and everything I'd saw in terms of new musical theatre and new writing was all over in America and in, in New York because they're, they're so, they have such a great um, network and platform for new writing and, and, and new musical theatre. So I was obsessed with that. That's, that's just everything I did. Like, I didn't really know many musicals, but I knew of so many musicals new musical theatre writers and they had all these like amazing like standalone musical theatre songs and that was Wait, just like, who were you listening with. who were you listening to what was what were you obsessed with oh I was obsessed with Drew Gasparini uh Kerrigan and Loudermilk mm. like because I love it was like everything I loved about musical theatre but just in its own right just standard like beautiful storytelling just there for you like and and, and I just absolutely loved it 
Um, so then I, I'd not long, I was just about to finish school and I was so lucky to be offered a gig working with um, Drew Gasparini. And it was one of the first hey, things. What? I've ever done. How? So, well, it, it was, it was, a, it was. Wait, when you say school, do you mean like, thing. do you mean like, like, like school school or like drama oh, school? Oh, drama school, drama school. So <laughs> um, I'd done my showcase and, and there was a group that were doing, they um, had, it were in partnership with Drew Gasparini. It was called the Platform London. I'm not, I'm not sure it's still running at, at the moment, but so he has a Platform London, a Platform in New York and a Platform in London. Mm-hmm. And so he came over and he was doing a concert of all of his songs and he did like a little live session. And then there was like a first half of like, emerging artists singing songs and I sang Make It Here by Conor Gregor yeah. and um, it was the first time I felt like oh my god I'm living my dream like just I got to sing on a stage and I, I was surrounded by all these amazing performers and then since then I've just been so lucky to even to to, to been working with like new writing or, or rewrites of things like even Solar Express it was um, the 30th anniversary, um, I got to work personally with Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and Arlene Phillips and this amazing creative team, and we re-workshopped the show. Like we, I felt like it was I was creating a character of my own, and even after all this time. And Rusty's such an iconic character; it felt like so personal, and I was so involved in the um, in the creating of of the show. Mm, that's so um, and and yeah, and I've been so lucky that since then the shows that I've done have been revivals where I've been able to workshop the character and um, even close to heaven when I first got back working with the Pet Shop Boys. Like that was a childhood dream. I love the Pet Shop Boys. I listened. I just I'm so, I love their music. And then I got that show and just being able to workshop and feeling like so creative in a room. And then Be More Chill was obviously the first time in London. And hair work. I mean, I love working with Lani Phillips because she's so passionate and so creative. And and everyone in the room had such an input in what, what happened with that concert. And it was, um, it was amazing. And I'm gonna sound like really? a stalker here, but when I came to see Be More Chill afterwards, I was in the bar with my friend, and and then Arlene, and Arlene was there. And then you came out, and I, you and Arlene had this had this big chat and a fight, and you could tell there's so much love between you. And obviously, you've worked with her a few times. She's must be like a really important figure in your career. Um, yes, I absolutely adore her, and <laughs> I I can I can never ever ever thank her enough for the like the faith that she had in me and and the the chance that she gave me because I mean casting for Starlight Express was such a short period of time and it was an emergency they needed a rusty they didn't they didn't have one and um the whole thing happened in about three days and then 10 what? Days later, had you like been in for it before and you hadn't got it or no so I hadn't I hadn't been in for it and I just remember getting an email saying um emergency casting for rusty um there was a couple of characters actually the Electra I think they didn't have an Electra either and um there was a handful of boys not a lot of us went in for this um audition and um three days later that it was over like it was just a three-day audition and it was intense (laughs) um I remember on the very last day and just trying just really trying to get this song right and I'd done it right a couple of times, but the filming wasn't going great because I was so tired from having sung it so many different yeah. ways. But Arlene Phillips was amazing. And she was like, look, we have to get this on tape because 
Andrew has to see you do this. So she was like, we're going to do this bit this way and then we're going to do this bit. And she was so accommodating and so lovely in an audition when she believed in me and she could, she saw I could do it potentially even more than I saw I could because I was just so worried. And I, it's my first really big audition that I'd had ever. Like I'd not been with my agent long and, um, and then, yeah, 10 days later, I flew out to Germany and it was absolute madness. My very first job, such a big role, learning how to skate, learning how to speak German, like, and, 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 and I remember the first day Arlene Phillips came out and, and she was just so lovely and, and was just like, this is going to be amazing. And she's always made me feel so powerful. In those mad situations, are you able to stay calm or are you, does it, does it, do you get a bit freaked out? How do you do with um, that? I think generally I'm always very good at coming across calm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but inside, it's not always the same story. Um, after Ren finished, we, we were all on a Zoom call and a couple of the cast had organised like awards for the cast for different things. And I was awarded the. Um, uh, did you did you see Ren? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. There's the the line that the the, the man says, which is "I'm cool," and <laughs> I just loved this line, and I used to say it all the time. But anyway, they they came to the "I'm I'm cool" award for the coolest, calmest cast member, and lo and behold, they awarded it to me. And I was, and I was like, little did you all know that when I went home at night, <laughs> screaming into my pillow. Um, oh no. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, it, it's, it's um, yeah, I think, I think, but I think that again, that that's instilled into you when you're training that, you know, you leave your troubles at the door, you come in, you work and, and, and you kind of get on with it, which I, I agree with to an extent because you know it, it's a job and you're there to work but also we're so lucky as actors that we get to be so vulnerable in our work and I think it's also important not to completely like shut all of those feelings in because I think it's part of the creative process to be able to talk about things like that so I'm actually getting a lot better nowadays at not just completely having a hard face and and just being there to work because I think you don't always get the best out of yourself when you do that as well. Mm. But I guess when you're doing something like Starlight as well, you must, when you got into it and you were doing all those shows a week and you were leading that company, it must have been daunting, but then you must kind of, you must kind of be like, oh, hang on, I can do this or I can get into this routine and that must help you to kind of propel you forward to the next thing almost. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, the hardest part of Starlight Express was the beginning, like when, when everybody arrives and you've, you've, you've sang in your audition, you've danced in your audition, you've acted in your audition, and then you arrive and th- for the first three months you don't do any of those things. You skate and you speak German, which no one has any experience in. So you all arrive and you just feel rubbish about yourselves. Every day you go home like, what am I doing? I'm rubbish. But then you slowly start to see yourself in a completely new light. Like, I mean, Michael Fraley, the skate coach out there, is an absolute wizard one minute you're you, you're like bambi and the next minute you're jumping down the six foot bowl and 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 you're just God oh my God. and you're all it's madness and then <laughs> so when you you eventually get into the show and especially towards the end like you just feel like you feel like you have the coolest job in the world 
Like mm-hmm. and and it is so fun. I mean, the the show is hard, and there are some days which are, can be so difficult and so emotional, and it's so tiring for your body and your mind. Um, but equally as hard as it is, it is extremely amazing and extremely rewarding. So, I think yeah, I came back to London having had this insane opportunity and and this crazy first job, and all of a sudden. I had this kind of newfound empowerment that I could, I could do anything. Like people, yeah, would say if you can sing while on skates, dancing and jumping up this thing, then you can sing doing anything. Like <laughs> so, I think it it was it was great. It gave me a lot of stamina, um, mm. and it just taught me that. I mean, most of the time now, like sometimes I'll be I'll be in a job and I'm I'm in tech and I'm thinking, oh, this is long, but then I think. But it's not as long as it was doing that. So just, just relax. Or like, this is hard. And then you think, but do you feel unsafe? Do you feel like you're going to hurt yourself? No. So you're, you're okay. You're lucky. Yeah, yeah. In comparison, like, yeah, it's crazy. I, I really, I really, really want Starlight to come back over here. We need to have it back in London. I would. Would you do it? Would you go on. back? Would you go back? Of course I would. I think... I, I would do it in a heartbeat. We need that to happen. Let's start the campaign. Um, I want to talk about. I want to talk about being more chill. Yeah. So obviously this was a this was a big deal. There was so much hype around it. I got to see it on Broadway, and it was so funny because I knew nothing about it. And I it was I went for like a week, and it was the first. I, I literally just landed and had an hour in my hotel, and suddenly I was in this theatre with screaming I was on the second or third row and literally there were just fans in the two rows in front of me who were screaming and just literally beside themselves the entire time and I was like what is happening <laughs> what is this because I knew so little about it when you went in did you with your new MT geekiness did you know of it were you did you were you tested it or did you know nothing like how when you went into the audition what how much did you know so um I actually didn't know anything about the show. All I knew was, I knew I knew of the show and I knew about the song Michael in the Bathroom, but I hadn't heard the song. I just heard of it. And while I was doing Starlight, one of my friends came up to me and was like, Blake, have you heard this new musical, Be More Chill? It's so good. It's so amazing. You'd be so good as this character and you'd be so good in this musical. He was like, you need to listen to it. You need to listen to it. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure. And then I didn't listen to it. And I <laughs> wish I had. I wish I had because it was totally like, totally up my street and I absolutely loved it. And so when I got the audition through, I was like, oh, I probably should have listened to this when that person told me to. Um, And I listened to Michael in the Bathroom and I just, I just instantly like, every so often it happens when you get like a job audition through and you just instantly obsessed like you you try not you try not to because it could go either way and and you you don't want to get your hopes up but I am one of those people who gets an audition through and then I'm like thinking about that I've actually got the job and I've planned the whole I'm spending the wages I'm like I literally (laughs) I get obsessed and so I absolutely fell in love with Michael and fell in love with the show and um the process for um, auditioning was so lovely um, and the American director Stephen Brackett came over and he was just so in awe of everyone like I, everyone I spoke to had the same experience like he was just so lovely in the auditions he just was rooting for everyone in the room the dance call was I thought it was going to break my back <laughs> Chase Brock is 
uh, he is an experience, <laughs> a lovely, <laughs> lovely man, and he's so talented. And, and the dance, the dance call was um, from Halloween, the the jump, jump style um, thing, and it, and it was like terrifying. Um, but one of the best audition processes I've I've been through, and I think I was lucky ha- ha- that I didn't know anything about the show, just because I didn't have this kind of. Um, like preconceived idea preconceived yeah and especially with michael and george salazar they're both they're almost both equally as as iconic as each other like <laughs> and so i'm glad i didn't have that in my head because then i'd have given i'd have either probably tried to mimic or i'd have maybe not found myself in the characters you know what i mean so i'm i'm, I'm glad that i didn't know it Mm. And I, but I loved it when I came to see it at the Palace. It was so cool because it was it it felt totally fresh, and I also just loved seeing it in that more intimate space. It just felt I just felt like the humor could land in a different way, and I I, I definitely I think I I loved it even more. Um, and I knew it a bit more by then, I guess as well. And it was just and just seeing everyone being able to put their own stamp on it and having fun with it is and that's so refreshing because I guess so often you are told like you have to be like whoever or they a creative team have a vision they want to stick to that I'm sure there was an element of that but it must have it must have been it's so empowering to be able to find your own way of doing it and for you all to gel and to let the humor land and then to feel it in that intimate space so different to like being in a big Broadway or West End theatre yeah um I mean working with the cast was a dream they were all absolutely so lovely and that makes that makes for such a great creative environment like and, and while we were doing the show we, we we were all just having such a great time we all just had such a laugh and <laughs> we all spent so we all spent so much time laughing at each other and and just like really watching and and rooting for each scene and and we just had such a such a great time um i think so originally um be more chill was built and created in a, a much smaller venue to, yeah. and then and then even before it went to Broadway it had another run in a much smaller venue um, and perhaps I mean I know it's been said that perhaps the bigger venue on Broadway was the downfall of of the show because I know it, I, I know the, the run was cut short um, mm. and so when we were um, putting it in London I think even the creative team were excited about the, the small venue and they they even said that it was very similar to the venue that they had in the beginning um uh. and so they found that they'd having been through all of those different stages in that process with be more chill in new york um they were able to find like a really happy medium between all of the different versions and, and they were like this is the newest and and we're really excited about this version because we've been able to keep lots of things that we know worked in this small venue and then we've kept lots of things from Broadway that we know are going to like be great so I'm yeah I think the the small venue really works for it and Mm -hmm. and like you say the humour really lands and it's such a funny great fun show but like to hear that I mean after especially after Michael in the bathroom like the audience would go wild like they would go crazy like people were going people were going mad and and I'm, i know like still like stress and stuff people have gone mad as well but this must have felt like a different kind of like next level response to be receiving from people it was so humbling and heartwarming and and when you step into a role that you know has such an iconic fan base and and especially with george salazar's fan base as well because he created this like 
Michael Mel was almost entirely created by George Salazar and, and, and George Salazar gave him real life and and he's one of the biggest reasons why everybody loves him so much. So mm. when I came into that, I had to be really careful because I wanted to make the character my own, but I still wanted to be true to the character. And, and so there were obviously going to be similarities between me and George, but there was this terrifying moment where I thought, I've got these huge shoes to fill. Like, what What if they don't like me? Like, even when the cast was announced, my socials were just going crazy with people. Like, um, everybody was so lovely, but they could have been like, oh, he's not going to be as good. He's not, like, we shall see, like, when I, when I first see the show. And and that, that that's, you always run the risk of that happening. Like, some people, they just won't like what you do with a character. And, and that's fair enough. But then... When I first went out onto the stage and I looked out in our first preview and just seeing all of the people wearing Creeps t-shirts and their own personalised Michael Mel hoodies that they'd made themselves and I looked out and, and, I, and I just completely just relaxed and I breathed and I thought, you're, you, you're, you want me to do well, like you're rooting for me. You, they, they're, they're already invested in the character. And so that just made me completely relax. And I thought, this is a family and you, you've like welcomed me in, which was, it was just lovely. And how do you deal with the, the whole social media side of it? Because the show's like, be more chill. You know, like, it was like exactly like you're saying. Suddenly you've got all these people who are so, what I love about theatre fans, one of my favourite things about theatre fans is they're so loyal. So they'll go and support your next project. And if you're doing concerts you're streaming and stuff they'll they'll buy tickets to that and they'll support they'll support you in all your different avenues so so many you know it's such an amazing thing such like an amazing special kind of world to become part of but also equally suddenly you're getting all these messages and things are happening and it's like oh what is this and for some people that's quite crazy especially if you're an introvert or was that a lot to adjust to did it did it were you were like oh what's 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 happening um did that make any sense i don't know if it did yes it did make perfect sense (laughs) (laughs) so i am very 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 much an introvert and and I found that I mean I was lucky coming into Be More Chill that I'd had experience with Solar Express and that the the support um for actors out there is so amazing so when I came to when it came to Be More Chill I kind of had a little bit of experience with people messaging me and my social media is kind of popping off but ultimately it's it's just quite amazing. It, it it still still blows my mind. It's like I'm not. I don't use my social media very much. I I find it quite anxiety inducing. Um, but I do. I would get rid of all of it if I could. But it's not so much for work now that I feel like I need to have it. It. I just feel like it's the only way I can stay connected to, ultimately, the people who support me the most. So, I do have everything muted and I can't I don't get any notifications from any of Good. my social media I think that's really important but um but I still I still go on it um, every day and I still see all of the wonderful comments and I still see all of the amazing pictures that people tag me in and um I try as best as I can to reply to messages or to you know just let people know that I I hear you and I see you and I'm so grateful for ultimately like my success is down is down to them and I am you know I stand anyone who stands me so (laughs) I'm 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 there for them as much as they are for me Mm. as much as I can be anyway Mm -hmm. yeah incredible it's really I think it's really healthy and 
amazing way of looking at it because yeah there's only there's only amazing people there who want to support you and stuff but equally you have to sort of look after yourself and your well-being and it's an access is a crazy thing so it's you know I think it sounds like a really healthy way of of dealing with it and and using it and utilizing it as well it's amazing like you say it's an amazing incredible thing um sorry we're, ge- we're geeking out of everything and we need to talk about rent because rent was a really big moment after you know 2020 so much happened so it's a crazy year and for so many reasons, Rent is a really important show and a show that is was so ahead of its time. You know, all these conversations are having literally over these few, last few weeks um, about HIV and AIDS. You know, Rent started so many conversations when nobody was really talking about it on a commercial Broadway theatrical stage. But also we were talking about representation so much last year and we still are and should be. And to see a cast that was full of really excellent uh, representation like we'd never seen in the show before was so important. And I think it was a positive sign of where we could be going or, you know, that there are good people out there who want to represent, you know, show representation and and move forwards. Um, But also Rent's just a bloody amazing show and to see it is just a treat always. So uh, were you sitting on it for a long time? Were you, because I believe lots of people were cast and it was pushed back and it was like, will it happen? Won't it happen? What's going on? What was it like? It must have been, was it a long, a long time coming for you? So we were <laughs> hanging on to that for a long time. Uh. So um, I was cast in that, like, we hadn't even been open in Beemore Chill for a long time. And and so, yeah, since March, March <sighs> was hanging on to that since March. Um, and luckily... Millie O'Connell and I had kind of sussed that the other person was doing it as well. So we knew and we were like, we were texting each other all the time, like, what's going to happen? I hope it still happens. Like it's getting pushed back again. So it was, it was crazy to have to hold on to that and not, we were so excited and weren't allowed to tell anybody and also just worried about whether it would actually happen. But also the, the biggest thing was, I mean, it got me through most of the summer and most of the first lockdown and just knowing that, there was something that potentially could happen and and it was having something to hold on to. It was the light at the end of a tunnel for a long time and Joe and Will at the Hope Mill did every single thing they could to make it happen and they were absolutely amazing. They were they literally, you know, blazed the trail for creating theatre in these strange COVID times. And like you say, like I didn't I mean I didn't know I didn't know the cast fully until it was announced. So because we t- we hadn't been able to meet, we weren't rehearsing, I suppose, as we would normally be. And our shoot day, we, we were break broken up into smaller groups, obviously, to, to be COVID safe. So I was with Millie O'Connell, um, Jocasta and um, Alex and Dom. And um, so they were, they, they were the only people that I knew were doing Rent. And then when the cast was announced, it's such an amazing it's an amazing show to be a part of anyway. Um, and then to add on the fact that we were doing it in a pandemic and then to see how amazing, how amazing the casting was and that people, you know, the diversity and the representation for queer people, it was absolutely um, amazing to be at the, to, you know, to be at the forefront of so many things that were were acting as a beacon of hope do you know what i mean for for so many um people in the industry whether it's um just being able to go back to a theater or you know whether you 
um, at finally seeing yourself represented and finally seeing yourself um, in roles that you know typically you're not you you're not getting a look in and 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 so I was so proud to be a part of that and to and 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 working in the room with so many awesome people as well like um there is no reason why it 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 it, it shouldn't be happening more and and mm. as well as um it being an amazing um thing for people to look up to and to look forward to it's also a reminder that um it, it, it shouldn't be so shocking and it shouldn't be so celebrated just for this to happen just once and th- and this needs to be happening across the board in in ev- in every situation 100% 100% i hope that it opens a lot of eyes of other producers and other people the people with the money the people at the top who we don't necessarily get to see <laughs> a lot of the time yeah. um but i i i i like to think that it takes it made a big it made a big mark and and it's just also just so incredible to see how rent can always even all these years later it could still move things forward and still and still open people's eyes and also tell its really important story I mean to attack that score and to play that role it's you know so iconic okay please tell me that you knew that you knew red that, that was like yeah if you <laughs> what was it like to to take on that material um, take on that stuff I mean it was it it's it's iconic. Yeah, so it, it it was an absolute honor, and to play a character like Mark was so different for me. Um, I mean, when I was at drama school, we'd done in our showcase, we did these like um mini musicals because they thought it was a great idea to show like range of character. So rather than just doing one song from a show, they put together these small medleys of various shows and. Rent was one of the small medleys that we did in my showcase and I played Mark in that. So it was it was so nice to then actually get to to play the role. And it was so difficult because it was the first time I'd really played like an an adult. It's the first time I played an adult and not like a teenager or wow. a child yeah. or, or a, a toy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was it was it was so nice to just be even th- even though there's honesty and there's realness in all of the characters that I've played this character just just felt so real do you know what i mean yeah that's so interesting um, i would never have like thought that and mark doesn't necessarily have a massive prominent story of his own i think a lot of mark's story is very internalized and very um because ultimately Mark is telling everybody else's story and mark is surrounded by the drama of everybody else's lives so that was a, a new experience for me because not everything that Mark felt was in the script, not everything was overtly just out and around and, and it, in the thick of it. Um, he was just kind of there telling the story and, and narrating everybody else's. Mm. Um, so that was that was weird because it meant that I had to find this whole new way of making... I mean, it's, it, I have to make him likeable as well because Mark... I think all of the characters in Rent can sometimes come across as quite privileged because, you know, they're, they're obviously, they're going through a lot. They're, they're having, um, it's very, very difficult. Um, however, you know, they are living in a, in a flat that they've not paid for for a year. And, you know, they're, 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 they have the luxury of being able to um, indulge in, in their sadness and, and to live in the moment, which, you know, lots of people may not have had those that 
experience. Um, but I did know Rent before. However, most of Mark's songs are kind of like recitative in between songs, kind of sung dialogue. And obviously none of that is on the soundtrack. So on our first day, we had this party through, which was we were just going to read the script and attempt to sing all of the songs. And I didn't know any of it because <laughs> all of my because apart from apart from Halloween and and obviously Rent and the duet at the end, all of Mark's stuff in the middle is just kind of sung dialogue, weird recitative that's not on the cast recording. So, <laughs> so Katie Richardson, the MD, who is an absolute Rent fanatic. She sang everything from start to finish, the whole show, and she was a machine, and it was amazing. And and yeah, she 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 was Mark that day. <laughs> she saved you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where are you at? Where are you at now? Like, what what are the things that that get you excited now? And you, I know we're still in this in this really difficult place, but you you know you have been able to do some of your own projects as well, and you've done your own concerts and. You've, you know, you really, you really started amazing song last year, raising money for a really important cause that's that's close to you and important to you. So, where when you kind of think about what you want to spend your time, your your creativity now, what do you are, are you wanting to do more music, more concerts? Are there like is it are you really striving to, to do some more new work? Like what are the things that kind of make you, I guess, a bit hungry and uh, excited? Um, I think yeah, that I think the I mean I've. I've been so lucky so far already um, and if I can just continue to be a part of new writing then then I'm I mean that's the dream that I, I love that just to um, I mean even if, it, if it's not new working with different creatives and that's that's part of the sometimes it's not even about material or the, or the show like just having all of these new experiences and getting to work with so many different people is is so rewarding in itself um so i don't necessarily have any particular goals um but definitely to be able to continue being a part of new writing and and it's really rewarding mm. I feel like we need a uh, we need some more music there. I feel like we need maybe like her uh, when things can happen again. We need like an evening with Blake Patrick Anderson somewhere cool. <laughs> I we need that sort of stuff as well. Well, so this year I've really pushed myself out of my comfort zone in in terms of those the the live stream concerts that I've done. I um I mean I write a lot of my own stuff and I'm still mostly very terrified to put it out there. So. Uh, when I can I, when I kind of chuck them into the concerts, it's nice because I know that no one will go back and listen to it again because it, it's just there, it's in the moment, and it's not on Spotify or on iTunes. So um, I'm slowly edging my foot into you know really trying to become more of a singer songwriter and more of an artist in in that right. Mm. Um, but the, the strangest thing is when I started be more chill, um, Scott Folan who played Jeremy is also a singer-songwriter and I said to him I just moved into my new flat and I said you know what I'm gonna do what would be really cool this year is I've got quite like a big open plan living room kitchen I was like I want to try and do like um like a little live lounge in my living room and invite people over like have some canapes and like some champagne and just have like a really cute intimate concert in my house and um and he was like oh that sounds kind of cool and I was like 
watch. I was like, this year, my goal is to do a concert from my living room. Little did I know <laughs> that I would be, that it would be my only option. Um, <laughs> That's like the last that we would, <laughs> And that we would all be living in our houses forever and not being able to leave. Um, so that was the, the strangest thing when I first did the, the first one with the Leave a Light On series. And I thought, this is kind of ironic that I said I was going to do a concert in my living room and now it is the only theatre that I can do is, is a concert from my living room. <laughs> but actually, it's it's really been great for my confidence, for my... I'm not necessarily the best person at speaking. I either tend to ramble and not really have a, have a clue what I'm saying or I just stand mad and stutter and, I'm, and I'm just like this weird wreck of a person. Um, so being able to do these has really kind of helped me to be able to communicate do you know what i mean and mm. and so hopefully fingers crossed soon um i'm potentially planning another online concert um but i'm i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to shake things up a bit so i don't really know what kind of vibe i'm going to go for but i would really 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 love to do something live as soon as i can because i you know i love to make to be able to make my concerts really interactive. And I want it to just feel like, you know, a group of um, people who love music and love theatre and just all in a room together, having a drink. I want people to sing along. I want people to, I want it to feel really like intimate. So hopefully that gets to happen soon. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Listen, I'm so grateful for you giving your time to do this. And I would never know that you didn't like talking or you don't have a rabbit at all. You've been so fascinating to listen to. And so, many, <laughs> so many amazing stories and so many amazing shows and like crazy different experiences. It's mad. Um, but I'm excited. I know that there's probably more, lots more exciting stuff to come. So yeah, it's been really amazing to have this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone needs to watch Gatsby. And then, yeah, yes. let's let's all pray that we get to see some more Be More Chill. We get to see some rent. We need Starlight to come back to London. We need it all. We need it all. <laughs> I mean, I can't just keep doing those three shows. <laughs> as much as I would love that. <laughs> we could dream. We could dream. Um, thank you so much, Blake. Thank you so much for having me. You can see Blake in Gatsby, a musical streaming between the 26th and 28th of February. For tickets, visit www.webgig.tv. You can follow Blake on Instagram at BlakePatrickAndersonUK so you can stay up to date with everything he's up to. I have everything crossed that we get that concert and some more music and all sorts of exciting projects soon. It's incredible. I know so many more amazing, bright things are ahead. Thanks again to Blake. He's the best and it was such a pleasure to have him on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of In The Frame, please hit that subscribe button and you can leave a cheeky little Apple podcast rating and review. Make sure you check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show. A new series might be on the way very soon and you can follow western frame on twitter instagram and on facebook i'll be back next week with the wonderful nikki bentley to discuss her career and alphabet journey